sometimes depends on when you bought into the investments is depending on your success. Did you get in high or did you get in low? And if you're two or three years later getting in, you're not going to see the same success as somebody who maybe just by luck bought an investment at a good time of the market. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Glad to have you back on the Retirement Reality Podcast with Mike Quinnen. I am Ben George, and we're going to talk about best intentions and bad advice. And what we mean by that is, you know, you're looking for help and you're looking for resources and you're seeking out information that you think is good, but you might not always be getting the best advice. We're going to talk about four different sources of bad advice that uh, sometimes we often take, and we're going to try to help you through that because on the surface, they make a lot of sense and they're people we normally would turn to, but maybe be careful on who you're talking to and, and making sure you're getting the right advice. So as always, we're talking with Mike Quinn, and he is the founder and owner of Principal Preservation Services. You've probably seen him on WCCO TV. He's got the book, Mama's Secret Recipe for Retirement Success. And their office is right there in Minnesota and in Wisconsin, right across the river from each other, serving both locations. Mike, how are you? I'm doing awesome. I'm doing awesome today. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing well. Things uh, things have been pretty good for me. Just, uh, you know, getting used to the new normal, I guess, as uh, as it's become. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully this new, this new normal <laughs> won't be normal for long. I'm hoping. Uh, but it's, I think it's stretched us all and get us back to uh, some of the basics. What, what are the important things, I think, is is some of the positives you can get out of this and definitely more family time and, you know, less, uh, I I think a lot of people have have been hearing, I don't do a lot of this, but a lot of binge watching on Netflix. I'm not one of those guys, (laughs) but I think a lot of people have had an opportunity to, to relax a little bit. And sometimes that's okay. Yeah, and there might be some people finding this podcast for the first time because I know with a lot of free time, people are turning to other outlets and in mediums to pass the time. So if you are just joining yeah. for us for the first time, make sure you check out the website, principalpreservationservices.com. There you'll find all of our past episodes, 34 previous episodes already up. So go back through those, check them out when you get a second. A lot of good uh, information we've talked about. Plus, we've talked about the coronavirus some in previous episodes. So if you want to get Mike's opinion and thoughts on uh, what we're seeing and kind of what we're witnessing with the market and and what you should be doing next, it's all right there at principalpreservationservices.com. So today's episode, we're talking about where you get advice from, because you know we were going to talk about this anyway, but it makes a lot of sense now with this coronavirus pandemic, because a lot of people are looking for ways to discuss financial topics and items and get feedback and and seek information. And a lot of times we we seek out sources from people that are around us and close to us, but not all the time are they giving us good financial advice. So we're going to talk about some examples of that and really talk about why we have to be very careful with who we're getting our information from and getting our guidance when it comes to our financial planning. So let's start off, Mike. You know, the, I think oftentimes, and it probably works out for you, for your family members, because they got they got you in the house. But oftentimes, you know, we, we turn to our family and we, we expect people, you know, my parents, I would always turn to my parents for advice, right? If I ever have a question about finances or maybe what to invest in or where to put my money, I often turn to family first, but that's not always the best option. Yeah, often that's what people do is they, they do turn to somebody that they think is uh, doing well that, to get their advice from. But, you know, the 
you know, perception of, of success is not usually the reality of success. If we look at people, their lifestyle, maybe their home they drive, the cars they drive, the vacations they take, and they assume that they are successful and they, they're making wise money decisions. But we really don't know what's going on inside that shell of that unit. We don't know what their really their true situations are and family member, you know, their their finances are. You know, it's interesting. I I work with a lot of uh, people and sometimes I work with family members like brothers and sisters or, you know, that in the same family. And, you know, I'll meet with one and I can't share, obviously, information with either one. They go, oh, my God, I wish I, I wish I was doing as good as my brother and my brother, their brother is my client. Or I wish I was doing as good as my sister. And and, you know, I can't say anything just smile. But uh, <laughs> I know that I know their situation. And. A lot of times the people are assuming their other family members doing so much better, but reality is they are doing better. But they assume just because maybe their lifestyle looks at maybe one's a bigger spender, one just more flashy. Uh, they really don't know that information. And, and just because, you know, a lot of family members like to say, uh, give advice about uh, this is what they're doing. And they might have some success in, in some areas, but they don't usually talk about their failures. And usually there's more failures in investing when you try to do it on your own than you are have successes. Well, the next one is friends. And I and I think about, we all have that friend in our life or a couple of the friends that always have a great idea, right? Always have a great stock tip or an investment item, or maybe they've, uh, they, they're pushing Bitcoin on you pretty hard, whatever it is. There's always some friends that, you know, even if they don't have a hot stock tip, they look like they're doing really well. They, they drive the nice car, have the nice house. You compare yourself to them because they're a peer, but don't always judge the book by its cover. Yeah, same thing. It's very similar to the family situation. We get the coworkers situation or the friends at work, especially. That's probably the biggest one we see is, is you know, I ask, you know, Susie or Johnny or whoever might come in the office, oh, why are you in these investments? It says, well, I talked to my so-and-so at the office and they made this much money last year. So I, I chose their exact, you know, investment strategy or, or five years ago, they were doing well and they told me to do that. And so... A lot of them act like they're on top of what's going on in the market and just doesn't mean that <laughs> they're really in tune with, with uh, the investments. And, and if you're going to late to the party, sometimes depends on when you bought into the investments is depending on your success. Did you get in high or did you get in low? And if you're two or three years later getting in, you're not gonna, going to see the same success as somebody who maybe just by luck bought an investment at a good time of the market. Like, you know, when the market, you know, had this, the whole, I call this Corona bubble, the market dropped 35%, you know, from February 19th to, you know, when it hit that low, well, you know, that's a great time to get in, but you wouldn't have had the same success if you would have bought in on February 19th this year of 2020. Hmm. So the key is you just have to, you know, I don't get, uh, if I want to get hunting advice or tennis advice, or, you know, about a sport or you have to go somebody who has had success in that area. Uh, I think that's where most people are, are getting it wrong. They're asking for people that look like success, but what is really their background? One's an engineer. One's, uh, you know, just because they're smart with, with numbers doesn't mean they know anything about investing. And I see a lot of the same issues that people put more stock in family and friends when it comes to investing, when they really don't have that knowledge. Well, those two are, are pretty obvious why you maybe want to just be a little leery on, on what you're getting in terms of advice from friends and family. Now, the second, the last two here, I think are a little bit, need a little more explanation, Mike. And I want you kind of yeah. to explain it for me because the first one is CPAs. And I, I would think, you know, automatically, well, 
aren't CPAs the, the people you should trust? But why would CPAs not always have the best advice for you? Well, again, CPAs, they're there to do your taxes and know the tax laws, you know, and and that's their job. Most CPAs aren't doing anything to do with investing. And if they are doing investing, I'm not saying they can't because a lot of them do do that. Uh, the problem is, you know, I say if you want to be successful in anything, you want to have your your expertise in an area. You don't want to be a jack of all trades, master of none. And if you're a CPA who's, you know, should be understanding tax law, tax code, your typical jobs as a CPA, why are you in the investment field? Because that's really another full-time job. And so, um, so anyways, their job is to give advice. And a lot of them don't want to give advice on that. Or some, I see it on both sides. I've seen some people want to step back. CPAs said, this is my, you know, they take the stance where I believe, hey, this is my, this is where I'm good at is doing your, you know, taxes. Some people want to to get really involved and be that that trusted contact and wants to know everything that's going on. What I've noticed throughout the years is CPAs don't really understand all types of investment vehicles out there. They're very limited. And I I actually had a uh, guest speaker I hired to come in and we actually uh, gave continued education credits to CPAs in the state of Minnesota four years ago. Well, we did this big event. I think there was 75 or 80 CPAs in a room, and there was two of them in the in the room to understand what it, how an, an index annuity worked. Hmm. And just, that was what the topic was. But yet, there's so many of them give advice, don't do that, but they really don't under even stand what it is. And that's just one of the examples. Or even understanding the code on uh, Social Security. We do a lot of Social Security seminars. Um, another one of my uh, my trusted colleagues that we work with, um, he did a, a seminar. I think it was about 100 CPAs in that room. He said there was three people in the room knew what provisional income is, which is very a very simple formula. It's something you should know how you get taxed on Social Security. So you have to understand what their strength is and what their weakness is. And... Um, Getting financial advice from a CPA just because they do your taxes and they don't understand tax code doesn't necessarily mean they understand what's the best investment vehicle for you in retirement. Yeah, just because they're around money and numbers a lot doesn't mean they they are the, uh, the end-all, be-all. So uh, good advice there. The final one is uh, we, we talk about media quite a bit here, Mike, and, and, and being careful who you pay attention to. But you should go without saying that when you're getting advice and you're watching CNBC or whatever business or financial network, be careful with the so-called financial experts that are out there. Yeah, and I think a lot of them have some really good uh, information when it comes to just general information about maybe, you know, especially talk, a lot of them uh, focus on getting out of debt and and being in, in control of that and, and maximizing your contributions, things like that, the basic information. I really believe that. But when they're giving advice on where to invest, you have to really, you know, <laughs> find out, you know, follow the money, you know, what's their agenda? You know, where's their source? Why are they pushing you know, one stock or certain mutual funds over other investments. And why are they telling you to stay from one investment and getting a different one that's very similar? Um, and a lot of it's just for ratings. I mean, they're there to, you know, tease the, the, the viewer, to get you to watch the viewer, to be a little bit on, on the radical side sometimes, just to get the attention to that show and make bold points. Uh, most of them obviously aren't even licensed because they have to give up their, a lot of them. We have to give up their licenses just to give to talk freely about a lot of these things. I know Susie Orman, uh, gr she gives some great advice, but she's also 
had to give up her licenses not to uh, to try to be uh, you know independent away from that. But she's looking for ratings. She writes books and she has her own you know shows on 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 the TV and and uh, she's there to be, be a paid speaker. Uh, so you have to look at what's the bigger picture. Just because they're telling you to do that, and also they're generalizing. They're talking to a mass audience. We're talking from you know college graduates all the way up to you know retirees. Just because they're giving some advice, that doesn't mean it fits your situation at that time either. So you have to be very careful what kind of advice they're giving. There's a lot of people coming to our office that I just saw this, I just saw that. I said, yeah, that if that was 10 years ago, I would, I totally would agree with that, or 15 years ago. Uh, but that's not where you are today. And I've kind of explained why and educated why that's not the best situation for them today. Yeah, I think that's the biggest part of the conversation is there might be some good advice from the, each of these people, but it might not be relevant to you. It might be great for them or for other people, but it might not fit your specific needs. So the best way always to do that, Mike, is to, is to sit down with an advisor, right? And somebody that can look at your entire picture and help you make individual choices. I 100% agree. Yeah, the key is find out, you know, just kind of, you almost need to block the world off and in a sense, and, and just find out what is your path you're on. That's all. That's the only thing that's really important. Who cares about what other people need to do? There's might be 75% roughly of what you're doing, but the key is do what you're, you're supposed to do and focus on that and just be appreciative of that. Absolutely. Well, if you're looking for some advice and looking to uh, evaluate your financial situation, PrincipalPreservationServices.com is available. Principal Preservation Services over the phone is 855-987-8888. They're doing virtual meetings. Mike's got some webinars up that he's working on and uh, will continue to work on as we're all still taking these this social distancing to heart and making sure we're not meeting uh, in public as much as possible. So he's helping you out by creating these webinars and, and meeting with people online as well. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Before we wrap up the show, let's hit the mailbag and answer a couple uh, questions from listeners. If you have a question, you can always send it in to us via principalpreservationservices.com, and we will bring it on the show and answer it here. So we had a couple today we'll get to. First one from Lucille. Mike, she writes in, I make too much money to contribute to an IRA or Roth, so what's the best way for me to save for retirement? Well, a couple other options, and uh, Lucille, I'm not sure if you're uh, a business owner or just employee, but... Um, if you are employee, still take advantage of the 401ks, 403bs. Uh, there's looser guidelines when it comes to those, as opposed to um, you know IRAs and, and uh, traditional IRAs and, and Roths. Uh, so take advantage of the employer-sponsored plan. But if you're a business owner, as I am, you know I, I'm kind of in that same boat in the sense where you can still contribute to a SEP IRA. Uh, if it's a small business. Uh, so definitely look at those options. Otherwise, what we've seen a, a couple other options out there is just non-qualified you know, investments. So that's just buying investments that you get 1099 um, on the growth of that is to capital gains as opposed to you being in an IRA. We have several clients, that's what they've made too much money in uh, to invest in traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs. So they have a lot of non-qualified investments, money that you won't be forced to take money out out of your account at 70 and a half or 72, depending on what, you know, where your birthday falls. So uh, that's important as well. Depending on your age, there's just some other alternative investments that you could look into as well. You know, if you're a high net worth individual, you have some alternative investments that you're eligible to, to invest in. But also, some people look at 
um, as uh, you know, index universal life as ability to increase your cash value, and you can actually use that as uh, income vehicle in retirement by taking tax-free loans from. So we see a lot of the wealthy take advantage of uh, utilizing, you know, a index universal life cash appreciation type uh, life insurance policy that they use to accumulate the growth of that. Uh, we like those better than whole life because the costs are lower, you know, and uh, the returns are higher typically on those. And we see a lot of people take advantage of those. But you can always, uh, if you had a previous IRA, you can, you know, talking about Roth, even if you don't qualify for Roth today, but maybe you qualified for, you know, because you make too much money, but in your younger days you did, you could still do Roth conversions uh, at any time, depending on no matter where your income is. Yeah, a lot of considerations to make there, Lucille. So uh, that's a great question because you might not have realized there were so many options available to you and uh, Mike's here to help you out. Our last question comes in from Oscar. My financial advisor is older than me. Should I move to someone else who won't retire before I do? We see a lot of that. A lot of people are asking me at my age, you know, at 48 years old, they're like, okay, I just want to make sure that, you know, you're going to be doing this for a majority of my years in retirement. And, uh, and you know, I, I plan on doing this for another probably at least 20 years, and I might even be part-time even after that. But, you know, this is my business I built. But we also have, fact, you know, a succession plan built in here as well. It's not just me. And that's why... And we have, you know, Casey here is is part owner of one of our companies here, the wealth management company. But we also have, um, you know, my son-in-law and we also have my, my nephew works with me. We got family members and they're in their you know, lower 30s. And so we're looking for, you know, we're building up that succession plan. And so you really have to, you, when you come on board with us, that you're actually looking at not just me, but who are the other people that are, are working with me. And hopefully you're comfortable with that. But in a lot of situations... When it's just really the advisor, maybe it's a smaller, you know, wealth management company. It's just maybe the advisor and the secretary advisor and his assistant, uh, junior advisor and a secretary. A lot of times they they just get passed on to the next person, and they not they don't necessarily mix well with that new advisor. They don't have a relationship with that new advisor, and if that advisor is going to retire before you um, or right around the same time as you. Yeah, you, you, you're going to be working with this person for the next, you know, 20 to 30 years. You better have uh, this next person in line. You better have a good relationship and be able to, to have a good relationship with. Otherwise, you might want to be looking for somebody else. Uh, we, we see a lot of that. We've seen a lot of people. My advisor retired. Uh, they're going to pass me on to the new guy, which I don't know. I don't feel comfortable with that. Well, if you are looking for someone, this is a great chance to talk with Mike and his team over Principal Preservation Services. You can find them online at principalpreservationservices.com. Even if it's just to get a second opinion uh, or just to, to kind of bounce some ideas off of just to see if he'd be a fit. But whoever you meet with, you know, it's not it's not a bad idea to take a, another meeting and just to kind of get an idea of what else is out there. But, you know, Mike and his team uh, are always open and willing to help you out as well. You can call them at 855 987 8888. So that'll do it for this episode of the Retirement Reality Podcast. Mike, thanks for all the information today, and uh, we'll catch up with you again soon. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks, Ben. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.